0: Welcome to episode seven of Collect a Hobby Podcast. Today we interview Rich, the CEO of Rising Empire Studios and the creator of Alpha Clash TCG. So stay tuned.
1: You collect video games and you collect trading card games. Welcome to your new home and welcome to one of the most unique podcasts ever. This is the Collect a Hobby Podcast. We've been collecting for years and we're up to date on all the latest trends in the hobby. Our website, collectahobby.com, is a social network for collectors. Made by collectors. Made, made by, by collectors. collectors. For collectors. Welcome to your new family. This is the collect hobby podcast. And now, your expert hosts, Hector and Rich. Let's get this party started.
2: What? Sounds fun. Wear
1: your helmets.
0: Let's first start out by you telling us a little bit about yourself and why do you decide to start a trading card game?
3: Yeah, so everyone, my name is Ridge and I'm from small town, Iowa. grew up, I wrestled, wrestled in college, wrestled after college was a strength and conditioning coach professionally for MMA fighters, and then was with uh, the world-renowned Cirque du Soleil as a strength coach with them for several years. And during COVID, what happened was, um, you know, Cirque shut down. We were in Las Vegas, and I was jobless. I was at home. And all of a sudden, one day, I just had an idea pop into my head for a story. And I called up uh, one of my buddies that's now one of the co-owners of the business, and just said, Hey, I have this really cool idea. You know, if you want to hear me out we'll start doing some concept art because he's an artist, but all right, yeah, let's do it. So quickly um, after that, I called up another friend um, who I worked with at Cirque du Soleil. And I said, Hey, uh, I know you're a writer, you know, his degrees in writing and, you know, just one of the most creative people that I knew and just a friend as well. And so I said, I got a story. I, I Can't explain it, but it's it's awesome, and you need to hear me out. So uh, we started meeting over over the pandemic, and we just started to build the story. We just focus on the lore, and we fun with it, and we started creating it. And I said, "All right, I think we're thinking a little bit too small with just the story. Um, you know, let's try to get this in as a comic. Let's do a card game. Like let's let's build this into you know a full franchise." The build up to the card game actually took a little while, but by the time I decided to do a card game which was about six months into story development, I started to bring on more team members. So now there's six co-owners of the business, tight team, everyone has just awesome skills and we pretty much just delegate tasks. And now we are close to launch with the trading card game. And that in and of itself, that is going to be our flagship product.
0: It's kind of amazing when you hear all these stories of people during the pandemic, right? Because it was pretty hard for a lot of people during that time, but it's amazing to hear what could come out of that. And to hear that you sat down, you thought of a story and you told someone else, and then you created this, it's really amazing story.
3: Yeah, it was fun, you know, that was the biggest thing. We were just having so much fun with it. And going back to a little bit about me, I was a card player. I played Magic the Gathering growing up. I collected Pokemon. Uh, when I lived in Vegas, I played Dragon Ball all the time, got pretty competitive with that. And just saw as we were creating it, I was like, man, you know, like this, I have I have the game in my head figured out. Even before we had thought about the comic up and running and all these other things, I was like, hey guys, I'm going to build the game. Let's keep building the story. And then let's, you know, we'll just kind of create a rollout plan for all of this. So you know although it kind of started as a story it quickly shifted to a game because of my past experience with cards and to to this day you know i've got slabs and pokemon cards and just all that kind of Absolutely, stuff yeah it was hard to not do uh, a card game i should say probably easier to say it's e- it was easy to do a card game because that's what i knew and that's what i wanted
2: how did you take alpha clash from you know like you said the storyboard just discussing it with your buddies? to where we are now with the kickstarter and what would you say is the biggest challenge along the way in that journey Well I
3: think one of the biggest challenges I'll start with that first I think one of the biggest challenges was convincing the current team that we have along the way of like hey guys this is my vision for it and this is where I see it going you know because at first like oh okay you know um because not all the teammates are really heavy into cards you know some of them are more into comics or um, you know, just artwork or, you know, the collecting side of things. And so, you know, being just like a player and a collector said, Hey, like, this is, like, this is where I see it going. And then once they, once they got on board and they saw like the plan, then it was like, Oh, okay, this is, this is great. I love it. You know, let's execute. So how did we get here? It's been daily tasks that the team has executed on for almost two years now. Wow. Um, this has been a buildup of, um, this has been uh, just consistent hard work daily from six different people. And you know, because we all have different skill sets, I focused on, all right, the card game development. Yes, I, I came up with the original story, but my writer takes care of the writing, the comic development, the comic script. You know he manages that. Someone else does the management of the artwork and you know, artists and things like that you know, someone that takes care of the production and fulfillment side of things, you know, someone takes care of the marketing, you know, the finance, et cetera. So it's been just daily tasks of, you know, like I said, almost two years now, by the time we have the products in hand, it'll be about two and a half years of buildup. So, you know, just being an athlete my whole life, it was always easy for me to see like Goals. You know, what's the goal? You want to be a champion in, you know, four years from now? All right, you start training yesterday, right? And in the same way, it was like, okay, how do I get there? And it's, you know, it's just chipping away at the tasks, building the right team and executing the plan.
0: Going back on what you just said about building your team, the first thing I noticed when I looked at the cards, right, It's it has to be the art. I think the art looks really cool. Like right away, you just it just stands out in this game. So exactly who created the art and the graphic novels. Was there inspiration you pulled from any other TCG games? Cause you mentioned before that you play Dragon Ball Z or was there any other games you may pull influence from to create the art?
3: Yeah. So the artwork, we actually, before we started art on the trading card game, I mean, we probably talked for three weeks straight of what's the vision of the art style. And the vision was always in my head as league of legends is what I want to see on the cards because no one really did that, right? It was No one was really doing a video game look on a card. And also there was really no competitive superhero themed game either. And so to me, it was like, hey, those are two things that I love and this is the vision for it. That was agreed upon and everyone was excited. And so, you know, who are the artists? Well, because I wanted, you know, the League of Legends look, I just went to ArtStation, Instagram, whatever, and I just started doing research on League of Legend artists, Smite artists, um, Flesh and Blood, Magic's Gathering, like all these, you know, looks that I liked, and then I just started finding the artists, and now we've built a pretty good team up. It, you know, we're always actively recruiting if someone you know has the skills to to do it. We we take a look at them and you know all that, but uh, I went right to the source said, "Oh, these people do stuff with League of Legends or Smite or whoever regularly. All right, I'm going to contact them and let's see if we can get it get it going with them." And so, that was the card game. In terms of the comic book, the graphic novel, you know, my teammate is the writer and you know does the script, so you know we don't have to hire any writers or anything. But, you know, the cover artists, you know, they work with Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, you know, all those big name companies. You know, the the main cover that we have, the guy does a lot of work for like Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, Deadpool, things like that. And then the interior work, the same thing. Um, the guy that did, you know, all the interior art, It he had experience with um, Image, Dark Horse, you know, Marvel, um, and the like. And then same with the colorist and the letterer. You know, same, same profile. Because I told the team, everything that we do We're going to do it. We need to do it right. Is everyone in agreement that this is right? You know, and yep. Okay, cool. This is how we're going to move forward with you know, artwork, etc. It's
0: amazing. Like you assembled your own Avengers team to create this game. It's pretty cool. Like when you hear everyone's background and what they can do, and they put it together. League of Legends. I knew something about this looked somewhat familiar, but different at the same time. But when you say that, I'm like, wow! Like that's really cool. It's not been done before, and it just makes me look at it a completely different way. Since you just said that right now, that that's really cool.
3: Yeah, that was always the vision. You know, we could have we could have made it look you know, more like a comic book or a cartoon or, you know, whatever. But playing all the games that I did, I just, I was like, man, no one has done this that I can find. Obviously magic and flesh and blood have great artwork and, you know, we definitely emulate the art style on some illustrations, but I think by and large it's that league of legends and smite look.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Going along with the cards, the card game specifically, what makes alpha clash different than other TCGs on the market is there are some really cool mechanics in the game or comeback features or something like that that makes it stand
3: out from the other games yeah definitely when i sat down and started to create the game it was a game that i wanted to play you know i could have gone off and said well this hasn't been done before and let's take a chance and let's see if it's fun and all that um you know which we do have a lot of ideas in the pipeline for future projects not the trading card game but you know uh, that's another story But for this card game specifically, well, what do I want to play? Well, I love Magic. I love Dragon Ball. You know, Hearthstone is super fun. Um, All right, let's see what we can do that's original, but also not go too far off of the beaten path because I feel like um, if I do go too far away from, you know, the mechanics that do work with the competitive card games, it could be risky. It might not be fun. I might not like it. So what I wanted to do... Was do the things that work, but add new elements that haven't been done before. So, um, what I think makes Alpha Clash different? One, it is a story-driven card game. So everything that you see in the story from the graphic novels, the books, it's you know, it's the same exact characters. The way that they play in the game is in the story. Um, you know, if a character can fly in the story, they can fly in the game. Uh, just things like that. Uh, just another thing that I think hasn't been you know, done in the same way. We do have contenders, um, which you could say in Dragon Ball, you have the leader or hearthstone. You have, I think they call them leaders. Um, They have abilities on them, same in our game. But, you know, we kind of took that magic approach and gave everyone haste, um, gave the contenders abilities. And as you're playing the game, your contender gets more dangerous at new life thresholds. So as you're starting to take more damage, um, if your opponent's starting to win, that the scales can tip quickly back the other way um, with a good contender mechanic and use of that.
2: No, when I was watching your tutorial video online and you mentioned the uh, threshold, I thought that was awesome. If you've ever played Marvel vs. Capcom 3, when you get your X meter full and it's like kind of like a comeback mechanic, I thought that was so cool. I've never seen that done in a card game. I don't think anyone's ever thought of it if the opponent is, like, snowballing and getting really, really strong, like, you're not just like, oh, well, I lost this game. You have, like, a way to come back. Am I, like, on the right path there?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, the contender abilities are not overpowered, but they certainly give you an advantage that can put you back in the game. Um, obviously, a good pilot of each deck will help determine that, but, um, you know, this game has been play tested for, uh, you know, eight, 10 months of the full first set. And so now we are in the final month of testing. Everything's pretty much wrapped up. It's really balanced. It's really fun. But, you know, some of the other things that make this unique and stand out, but also stay true to, you know, the tried and true methods and mechanics of good games, we use affiliations. So on the bottom right of the card, there's a little symbol And it could be, you know, a progenitor or an alpha or a rogue or an alpha hunter and things like that. That gives players the opportunity to build decks around different affiliations that they like. So you could run two affiliations or just one or anything like that to give yourself some firepower within your deck and some congruence with your contender. Or... We also have colors, we have uh, keyword names, and then we also have planets. So you really have four ways to build a diverse deck, either a monocolored or a multicolored deck. Um, You could run blue and white rogues, or you might be able to run black alpha hunters with red alphas that are all earth based characters. So, you know, there's just so many different ways to build in playability uh, in the long term. So, obviously, the first set, it's the inaugural set, and I think people are going to love it. But as the game expands, the play options are going to be really fun. Uh, we also use something called clash grounds. You know, in any superhero type setting, you know, if if Aquaman fights in the ocean, he's at an advantage. So let's take that mechanic, and if you can control the clash ground, then you know you're going to be able to benefit your deck, and you're going to probably you know, debuff or, you know, hurt their deck, you can control that zone. Um, and so that was another way that we thought, okay, we can use something that might be similar to an enchantment in Magic or a field in Dragon Ball, but it plays differently than those games. Um, and so, you know, that in conjunction with what we call Clash Buffs, where you can kind of buff up your characters in combat, you know, everything can attack when it comes into play. It has... Um, you know, like Houston magic. Um, we built the game as like a faster version of what magic plays, but also just taking a lot of really fun mechanics that they don't do. Uh, and so, yeah, that, I think all of those things combined together really does make it stand out on its own. And the feedback that we get from magic players and, you know, pretty much all players is I love it because it's not hard to learn but it's really refreshing. You know, I haven't seen this yet.
0: Now, one thing I do like, because you just talked about like the speed of the game that you said it's like magic, but it's a little bit faster pace. I'm just happy that it's not as fast paced as let's say Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm more of a Yu-Gi-Oh! player. I love that, but a lot of people do not like the OTKs, you know, the one-turn kills. As long as the game is planned out so that there's some way of maybe a comeback mechanic or some way to continue the game, I'm sure a lot more people will feel comfortable to play this game, especially because it sounds like it's a good balance. Even the big three, they even have issues with balancing. So if you come out with a game that is balanced and you focus on balancing, I'm sure a lot of people are going to love playing the game.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would think in the first set, and even for the most part, uh, the vision of it is to have games last five to eight turns, which might be 15 to 30 minutes depending on the matchup or skill level uh, and things like that. So, yeah, it definitely plays fast, but the design is balanced so that you you can't win on turn one. In the very first rough draft of the first set, you could win on turn one or two with combos that I hadn't thought of, but after play testing, realize okay well that can't exist we've really you know weeded out all the problem cards we've given them you know pretty much new new faces we've revamped so many things and it's in a really fun place to date we still don't even know what the competitive meta is and we have competitive magic players playing the heck out of this thing um and everyone is trying new combinations and nothing is standing out as the one thing that just dominates so we're we're having a lot of fun with it. I think players are really going to have a new option to go to that's competitive fun. Um, And also, if you want to be casual, it can be casual as well.
0: In the last couple of years, there's been a lot of TCGs that came around. Some of them have disappeared already. The reason why I see is a lot of them didn't have like a long-term goal or long-term plan for what they're going to do next in the game. What is your long-term plan for Alpha Clash?
3: Well, you know, talk is cheap, but... Uh, what we can say is we do have a plan. We have a team that can execute and, uh, we've even proven that, you know, our first Kickstarter that we ran was for the graphic novel. We turned that around in two months for the graphic novel. And then we landed distribution with the largest distributor in the world and we'll be on comic shelves in just the next couple of months. So that was phase one and we executed that and that's happening right now, um, the future of Alpha Clash, uh, not, not just as a trading card game, but as a whole, has a plan. The next part of the plan is this Kickstarter, fulfilling that Kickstarter, uh, landing distribution with the game, and then starting our rotation schedule. So um, by next year, if I can have the, the Kickstarter fulfilled, the next wave to game stores, and then have the next set all released, that means that we did our plan perfectly and not only that we've got a board game we should have two more graphic novels next year and then by 2024 we're going to start to see you know world championships you know uh, probably four more trading card sets a couple more uh, graphic novels probably three or four a year we should be releasing one book a year for the next few years at least and so you know for the next 3 years through the core uh, end of Q4 of 2025 We have a list and a timeline to execute all these things. And, you know, our big, hairy, audacious goals, our BHAGs, the things that we have as banner items, you know, that five to 10 year plan uh, it's to have a TV show or a streaming series or a movie and a video game. Um, And so, um, and it's just, it's fun. That's the best part. We're having fun as a team and I think that if we can hit these goals, these timelines, we can execute on these things, I think that we can be competitive in a few of these industries. That's
2: awesome. How does it cater to like collectors versus players? I know you mentioned that it's going to be a competitive game, but you're going into like you said TV series and and all these other avenues, which is awesome. Are you going to have stuff for collectors there?
3: Yeah, so, you know, the the collector side of things, it's it definitely exists with this game. You know, our first graphic novel had trading card promos that were early. You know, we've been running Patreon, and we'll do that until the end of the year. So anyone that wanted in on the ground floor, you had a few options to collect from a comic to a card game. As we release this Kickstarter, the focus is on the players because, uh-huh. you know, this is a player's game. But one of our teammates, you know, actually a couple of our teammates are, are big collectors, and they really focus on the collectability side of things without taking away from the gameplay so you know we've talked as a team we don't want to create a card that's really playable and also really collectible uh what we want to do is we'll do alternate art versions of that or stamped versions things like that to you know keep the collectors and the players happy we don't want to create a a secondary market that people are having to pay several hundred dollars for a competitive card so in this kickstarter on november 22nd you will see a lot of options for the players, but then there's some really cool things that we've built into the campaign for collectors. So just to name a few, one, um, in every starter deck, so we, what we call it, it's a two-player clash kit. So you get two starter decks in one. Uh, there is what we call the AXO card. And mm-hmm. the person that bought the top tier of the graphic novel Kickstarter got to help us create a card. And so we made that a really playable card really awesome card but every clash kit is you know 30 or 35 dollars so if you want to get this card all you need to do is get the clash kit and you can only have one in a deck as well so you only need one and then we created the chase for the collectors one in every 10 of them will have an alternate parallel foiling i've got a smile on my face just hearing that that is so cool i wish a lot of other tcgs
2: did that because like you said before there's you know they release a great card and then it shoots the price up and then your casual players or even your competitive players they need four in a deck and the card is 100 bucks they have to shell out $400 just to have a playable deck and I'm glad that you took that into account and you're going to try your best to avoid that
3: yeah we're excited about that and the artwork is going to be incredible i may try use one of my personal favorite artists uh to do it and yeah i can say it's going to be awesome uh we will also have a alternate art it's called the alpha rare um, it's going to be an alternate art of one of the two legendaries in the first set which is the highest rarity and there's only going to be a thousand of them printed and spread out among blister packs and booster boxes if you want to play with that card that's great But there's only a thousand of them but the other legendary it's much easier to find and it's the same exact card so again you, that accessibility and you know it has the same gameplay. So we're excited about that. We'll have stretch goals that will have unique cards. You know, we'll have stamped promos for the game stores, for tournaments, things like that. And, um, you know, I would say the last thing, if people want in on a collector's side of things, we run something called a VIP pass. I'm holding one in my hand right now. It's it's gold stamped. It's UV textured. Um, the artwork is incredible. And you can get it for $5 if you just go to what we call our VIP pass sign up, and then we ship these out with the Kickstarter orders. The collector side of things, that's an easy way to get involved. And if, if it's a player, it's a playable card, and it's going to be in the set just with the normal art version. We're trying to appease both audiences, you know, because we really want to make sure that the players are taken care of but there will be a lot of fun things for the collectors.
0: That's really cool. It sounds like you really have that worked out. You thought about it that, okay, we don't want the secondary market. I've seen that become a big issue for certain TCGs, especially newer ones. And if you can actually control that ahead of time and have a plan for it, I always think that works out a lot better. So that's good.
3: We, we got to see the mistakes of other competitive card games and say, okay, we saw what happened there. Let's not do that. So we get to learn from the mistakes of others, which is great. I think that the team has a great vision for how to balance that.
0: Talking to you right now and hearing all about Alpha Clash, it got me excited to want to play the game. From your suggestions, I would like to know, what is the best way for someone to start playing this game? Is there a spot that they go see tutorials? When the Kickstarter launches, is there a specific starter deck that they should get? How should someone new be able to start playing this game?
3: Yeah, there's a few ways to get into the game and learn from from the get-go uh, one you can go to the youtube channel and just search alpha clash tcg and we have tutorials there we have full gameplay sessions and we'll be adding more over time but you can see short form tutorial discussion about the game and the mechanics and all that and then you can actually see games being played and so that's an easy way just to get your feet wet with how the game works and all that and then when the game goes live we will have the two player clash kits those are perfectly balanced every time we you know we have people play it it's a 50-50 win ratio with these two decks and they're built for learning the game are they optimal for meta play no but that's i mean that's why they exist it's to learn the game with the cards that are not only fun to play but are balanced and fun I mean, I feel like I can't even ask you a question
2: where you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, you've thought everything through. I'm super, super impressed. I like the 50-50 win rate on the two decks because uh, I know a lot of people, they get those starter decks and some are overpowered. One person wins all the time. So that's awesome. So now, after hearing all this, I want to purchase the game. Where do I go to purchase it? Where can I buy it?
3: Yeah, on Kickstarter, you search Alpha Clash TCG, you're going to find us on there live kicking butt. That is where... Uh, people can get the first wave of the products and the game the plan after that is to hopefully have it on the shelves of local game stores worldwide through distribution but you know the best way and the fastest way to get it right now is on kickstarter
0: and you said the best way also is uh, to sign up for the vip
3: yes so the vip pass if you just go to our link tree which can be found on any social media platform, Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or Discord or anything like that. on the link tree, there is a VIP pass link. As soon as you click that, it pretty much walks you through. What's awesome about the VIP pass, not only do you get a highly collectible, awesome limited print run card because we're only printing as many VIPs that sign up. So if there's only 300 of you, there's only 300 of these that exist. Also for the $5, not only do you get the card, you get a blister pack as well. So you get a lot of value for just $5 and then you will get those rewards when you back us on Kickstarter.
0: That's really good for a price too. That's really good that you did that. I had a question you did mention a rarity type before you said I guess his alpha rare is one yeah. of the rarity types. Do you have a list of what the rarity types would be, and also the holographic cards?
3: Yes, absolutely. In the first set, there's going to be 132 cards. 127 of them are playable. The possibly one of the biggest collector pieces that I didn't talk about earlier. Uh, I'll touch on that really quick. Again, not my idea. One of one of the other teammates. We have something called an iconic art, and On top of every single booster case, there will be one iconic art card that will be there. And there will be five different iconic art cards. So theoretically, if you wanted to get a full set of those, you would need to buy, at minimum, five booster cases to have a full set of the iconic arts. Now, these are not playable. It is literally the iconic rare, but it's stripped off all of the text, and it's just a pure art card for the collector side of things. Oh,
0: that's cool. <laughs> that sounds really cool.
3: Yeah, those will be pretty exclusive since there's only one per 12 booster boxes. You know, because it will sit on top of the case. Yeah, those those will be good collector items. But um, the rarities. Going back to that, we will have common, and on the bottom of our cards, there's a like a flame crystal, and depending on what color it is determines the rarity. So if it's white, it's common. If it's green, it's uncommon. If it's blue, it's rare. Epic is purple. Iconic rare, which is an alternate art of five different epic cards. Those are yellow, yellowish gold, and then legendaries are orange. Uh, and then that currently the alpha rare is either going to be orange or we're going to do a slightly different color. We haven't decided you know, yet, but we'll have that all buttoned up. So those are the different rarities and then also you'll be able to see the color of the rarity on the card
0: The one thing i really like about this is you mentioned numerous times and rich talked about it before as well is that you have these rarity types that would be for collectors but you're separating it. you're not keeping any text or anything on it you're not making it playable so it's definitely for collectors this way it doesn't interfere with anyone that wants to play the game I, and i think a lot of tcgs today they don't do that enough right it's that They try to put something in the deck that anyone could get. And the problem with that is that's when you have that secondary market and it's harder for people to actually play the game. As long as you continue to do this, where you kind of separate something for maybe for a collector, but then focus on the people that play the game, you definitely get the best of both worlds when it comes with support. So I definitely like what I hear so far.
3: No, I appreciate that. That was the vision. Please the collectors and please the players. How do we do both of those things? Well, this is what we think is the best approach.
2: It helps that you're actually a player and a collector too, going through your past and, you know, the games you've played. And because you're not just creating a TCG, like you love this, you know, this is yours. You wanted to play it. So it's great to see it come to fruition.
3: Yeah, you know, a lot of people had COVID babies. This was my COVID baby was Alpha Clash. (laughs) Thought up the story, built a team, built a vision, and, you know, started to execute, you know, in early you know january of 2021 so yeah it's uh it's coming to fruition we are at the tail end of everything and the team is excited and i know that there are players and collectors and just fans in general of, of the Alpha clash franchise that are ready for these products to get into their hands
0: you said that this is like your baby and a lot of people do not like to say which kid they like best but if you had to choose one character one type of card which one would you choose in this Is there anything that you specifically like the best out of all the characters?
3: It is hard to not choose Magnate as my favorite character. And the reason why is he was the very first thing I thought of when Alpha Clash came into my mind. And so when I called up my buddy that's an artist, he gave me a sketch, I mean, within a few hours. And I was like blown away. I was like, I can't believe you just drew what my idea was in my head. And so Magnate, yeah, he is. He's the big bad guy of the first book and people will love to hate the guy, but he is just an awesome, fearsome character. And so he is one of my favorites for that reason.
0: It's awesome. Wow. Like I'm trying to think of what else we could ask you. I mean, most important thing is to you already went over to Kickstarter, which is great. Um, so can you go over? all the social media links and how people could actually find out more about Alpha Clash?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So if you search Alpha Clash TCG on Instagram, Discord, Facebook, TikTok, you'll be able to find all those. There is link trees on all of those um, sites to go to if you can't find something. Discord might be one of the hardest to find if you just try to find it on Discord. So if you need the Discord link and in the invite find that link tree on instagram at alpha clash tcg or tiktok at alpha clash tcg and you'll be able to find right on the profile in the bio click the link tree and it has literally everything if you want to buy a comic book you can go there and you can buy a comic book or you can find the other social sites you can find tutorials you can find the rule book for the game it takes you to our website everything is right there for them
0: one thing that i just want to let you know is that just by talking to you it sounds like you guys as a team have everything pretty much put together you know you already have your long-term goals you already have you know case something goes wrong what to do next and you see miles ahead from other tcgs that are just starting up right now so i i definitely wish you luck i i really think that you have something different um to offer because this is something that really no one has tried before And it's it does feel like a video game slash trading card game, and if you tell the story with a comic book, then there you go, you have the best of all worlds, which is great.
3: Appreciate that. And you know, one thing that I want to tell to your listeners is you can back with confidence. I'm holding a sealed booster box with booster packs in my hand. We did a sample print run um, for quality control. We wanted to learn from our mistakes. We had never done large scale printing before, so we wanted to do some learning ourselves and we learned a lot on just a sample print run all the artwork is going to be done before the kickstarter ends our files for our booster boxes blister packs starter decks and everything else they're ready to go uh, we are ready to go to the manufacturer but you can have confidence that you know we are working super fast and far ahead but we're also working precisely and making sure that we learn from any mistakes and these sample products are awesome we're going to make a lot of tweaks on these so that when you get the product in your hand, it's, it's going to be perfect. And hopefully you'll get it. You'll get it quickly. The only thing that would, would stop you from getting it quickly would be the process, the manufacturing and the shipping. We're ready to go. As soon as everything is wrapped up, it'll be handed off. And then we're just at the mercy of the process at that point. So you won't be waiting, you know, one or two years for your Kickstarter order. You could have it. Um, I don't want to make any promises because we don't know those things, but you could have it hopefully within just a few months or a little more depending on how it goes yeah i mean hector and i talk all the time
2: about you know uh tcgs on kickstarter who overpromise and underperform and you know they promise the world and then a year goes by and they're silent but with you you've got everything ready to go i'm super confident that i would buy this like right now no
3: i i love hearing that and We've, we've worked for the past, you know, almost two years as a team as a whole, building a foundation that has sustainability that can execute timelines. Because if we want to make the distribution loop, if you want regular new supporting booster sets every, whatever we do, two, three, four months, whatever it is that we need that that our, our fan base is demanding, well, we we have to work really far ahead. You know, if there's 160 cards in a set, that's 160 illustrations just for that one thing. So that's just on artwork that could take three to five months to get that done. So um, because these are such high-level complex illustrations, they they, they take a while. So all that to say, we are building the foundation now, working ahead on the things. We're working on set two already and graphic novel two and graphic novel three and the board game and all that. We're working on those things so that we can hit those timelines to support the fans and to start delivering on time and having fun doing, doing it along the way.
0: That sounds great. Man, I'm really excited. I wish I could go on and ask more questions, but Rich, is there any questions that you had?
2: I think Ridge, I think you uh you answered every question I had, and then and then more. So I'm super excited about Alpha Clash.
0: And I just want to let everyone know that's listening that we're actually going to post some uh, blog on the website at collectahobby.com. and we'll definitely be talking about Alpha Clash. And as soon as it launches and Kickstarter, we'll we'll keep you posting what's going on. Obviously, we're going to add all the social media links for you as well, Ridge. So we'll make sure we put that on the website. Wow. Like this was a really good interview and I really appreciate you joining us. Was there anything else you want to add?
3: Don't miss out. Awesome team behind this project. And I think the sky is the limit. So thank you guys for having me on. I had a blast just hanging out, talking Alpha Clash because I could talk about this all day and it's going to be getting products into hands very soon.
0: Awesome. That's great to hear. All right. And with that, I guess we're out. Talk to you guys next time. See you
1: you've been listening to the Collecta hobby podcast. Hector and Rich have been collecting video games as well as trading card games for years and they're up to date on everything that has to do with the hobby. For everything you could imagine and need hit the website at collectahobby.com You'll find the blog show and Tell the vault, the forums. And so much more. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time on the Collect-A-Hobby Podcast.